So welcome to the long-awaited You Haven't Seen. It's been months. Thanks, Colin. Instead of going with normally scheduled programming of Roadhouse, we've got a special interqual uh, episode here. Interqual? That sounds like I got dig- indigestion issues or something. Between, oh, you can tell we're a little out of practice here. Colin, between, you got, between quills? Yes, exactly. Oh, so we have our interqual episode. We're going with the classic. Daniel What's Day-Lewis. Well, episode then. What's that? What's an intraquel episode then? I don't know. <laughs> It'd be like if we were recording multiple podqu- podcasts at the same time. Oh, okay. 1992, the Daniel Day-Lewis classic, directed by none other than Mr. Miami Vice, Michael Mann himself, Last of the Mohicans. Colin, have you seen it? I have seen that movie. It's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Derek, we know you've seen The Last of the Mohicans. Um, Braveheart I've seen, yes. No, I have no, not, no, no, that's I, a different movie. I have not seen Last of the Mohicans. What? You, you haven't, haven't seen. seen Last of the Mohicans? Welcome to You Haven't Seen, the podcast where Adam, Derek, and Colin force each other to watch movies they should have seen a long time ago. 1992's Last of the Mohicans. Derek, you finally saw it. Tell us what you thought. Let's start with the plot summary. You don't don't want to know what I thought right away, do you? You want to see 1992. Where were we all? Why didn't I see this movie? Isn't that where we start this from? Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. I feel like we haven't recorded (laughs) for so long you've forgotten how this works. Okay. Why, why didn't you? Why haven't you seen Last of the Mohicans? I feel like this movie made like no impact on me whatsoever. Like I, it was at the movie theater, 1992. Terminator 2 was out. I probably saw that 17 times. Wayne's World wasn't that around 1992. Yeah. So what you're saying is you had no dates, so you had no reason to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it that way. Yes. <laughs> 1992 was a little bit of a dry year. It was a little dry spell right there. Um, let's see. Uh, Cape Fear was out. Was that there was so 1984 better. to 2001. <laughs> 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 so, anyways, let me. <laughs> so, I, I, I think, I think this movie did this movie, and I didn't look this up, and I'm sure uh, our our beloved leader over there has looked this up. This movie make any money? Sure. Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, $40 million budget, $75 million domestic box office. It won an Oscar. Uh, won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, I believe. Uh, sound. I, I oh, sound was. editing. Sound editing. That was it. Oh. Well, I was watching it on the crappy Netflix signal uh, during prime time. And apparently during prime time, that means my Netflix works like crap, basically. So... Um, the sound was not it was not a highlight for me. The um, score, the score is excellent. 
I, I will admit, now that I'm going to tell you something right now, before we get started talking about how much I enjoyed this movie, the score was fantastic for this movie. Braveheart, not, 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 not Braveheart quality, but pretty close. Okay. All right. So I mean, here's, here's the deal. This is me and Michael Mann. Every time I see Michael Mann's name on a movie, I get all excited. You know why? Not because I like Michael Mann movies, because I like David Mamet, and I get those two guys mixed up. They couldn't be more different. <laughs> basically the same sounding name. Not, not even. Their, their first names are, are entirely different. But it's both, they both have the muh sound. So did the Punky QB, Jim McMahon, had the same thing <laughs> happening there. And you don't confuse him. So anyways, and when he hits the turf, he's got no plan. But which is much like this movie. Anyway, you want me to start with a plot summary here? So let's have a plot summary. God, I was trying to figure out what to write on this plot summary. This is the most, and I realize that this is based on a novel that I have read at some point in my life, I'm sure. It is a novel. It is. And it is a novel. Anyways. All right. Um, let's see. It's uh, 17, late middle 1700s during French and Indian War. And Hawkeye, played by Daniel Day-Lewis. Hawkeye? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, isn't that his name? I love Alan Alda. That is actually one of the many names that he goes by. Um, I believe his name was Nathaniel something or other, and then he's also the Long Caribbean. Right, he's Nathaniel, isn't he Nathaniel Hawthorne or something like that? Or? No. Nathaniel oh, Poe. Poe, that's what it was, Poe. Nathaniel Hawthorne is a, the... is a different person. Yeah, it's an author, isn't it? Okay. Yes, yes. Well, anyway. <laughs> You'll edit that I out. thought we were talking about MASH for a second, which I knew Adam would be all over. I love MASH. I've watched the MASH movie, but we've all seen that. I have not seen the MASH movie, nor oh, will I. What? <laughs> you haven't seen... Uh, we'll save that for later. We'll save that for then. I think that's it. Okay, so some white guy. So Daniel Day-Lewis plays a white guy adopted by a Native American tribe. I believe the the Mohicans is the name of the tribe, correct? Uh, as far as the continuity of the... Movie and novel go, yes. Yes. All right. And so <clears throat> they join up with a bunch of Britons, and the Britons are about to be slaughtered by the, let's see, what was the name? The Hurons. I got to stop you right here. Britons? The Britons? Yeah. The King yeah. Arthur? I'm king of the Britons. Who are the Britons? We all are. That's the English is that what you wanted me to say? It's generally what they were known by. So they rescue uh, they rescue some uh, British people. Is that better? The British, yes. Are and we trying to avoid being racist? What what's oh, the concern about this? The Britons. I don't think they were referred to as Britons since. So Your uh, concern for our Welsh viewers. No, since King Arthur time. Well, there are Britons. That that is a that is a people group. And there's the Welsh and the Scots and the Irish, and they all consist of the United Kingdom. Right. I don't know what to tell you here. I don't know what to tell you. All right. They rescue some people from the Hurons, right? And then they take them back to the fort, and the fort is about to be ransacked by the French and the Hurons again, and they surrender. But uh, then the the, the French commander says... I'm going to have to fight those guys yet again. And he kind of leaves it up to the leader of the Hurons, whose name is Mugwa. 
Mago decides he's going he's gonna to kill uh, all the, wipe them all out, basically, so that the uh, French don't have to deal with them anymore. And he's, he's a pretty bad dude, that dude. Like, he pretty much wants to kill everybody. So, and uh, should I? He is kind of the protagonist. Do I want to spoil the ending here? Or? Well, on, on ESPN Radio, they have a rule that if it's 20 years or older, you can spoil the movie. Okay. So, so you've, had, you, you've had 20 years to watch this movie. And this movie came out in 1992. And it is 2012. So I think we're entitled to spoil the ending. All right. So at the end, the brother, adopted brother of Hawkeye dies at the hands of the Huron leader. And, but Madeline Stowe doesn't. Oh, I forgot to mention the cra- crappy love story between uh, Hawkeye and Madeline Stowe in there, which her name is. What's her name again? Cora. Cora. That's right. Cora. And she is also the British leader's daughter, correct? Well, let's just say that that may have been the worst plot summary ever because I saw the movie. I've seen it after every one of my plot summaries. Because you do them badly. I've seen this movie probably 10 times and I still don't know what it's about based on what you just told me. I didn't know we were ruining the I didn't know we were ruining movies for people. That's ruining all. movies the idea is that they go ahead and see the movie when you go ahead and see the movie and then we all discuss it together. We didn't maybe, have a, we didn't give them a chance to do so, sir. Maybe I need to more clearly explain the the uh, theme of the show. So at the beginning we should include a long prequel that says Movie topic changed. Last of the Mohicans. Pause. If you have not seen this movie, <laughs> go watch it. And then come back and listen. Yes. I feel Christy like that's... and Kate, are you listening? <laughs> Please go watch this. They never watch any of the movies we watch anyway. So, um, all right. Would you like to give a better synopsis? I wrote, I got it in my notes. That's what happened. Well, that's like the first five minutes of the movie. No, that's the ending of the I said the whole ending of the movie. You did not say anything about the ending. I'm of sorry. The movie. There's a lot of walking around a la Uncharted through cliffs and whatnot. How can and something be a la a movie that came after it? No, no, not a movie, a video game. Well, <laughs> something can't be coined as derivative when it came before that <laughs> it's true all right all right all right this is why i don't <laughs> the one that hasn't seen the movie when, whenever you're ready i'm more than happy to give you an actual plot summary this could be our last episode of you haven't seen just to be just to be clear on this one well just to be clear it could be your last episode of you haven't seen but the show will go on i think i put the call out for more robot warriors last time wow i <laughs> Didn't know we were on a trial basis here. I wasn't aware of that either. Perhaps we <coughs> let Adam uh, be by himself here for a few. So let's try an actual plot summary. It is the French and Indian War, as you as you mentioned. Uh, Nathaniel Poe, raised by the Mohegan tribe, uh, had like loose. You. you know the Mohegans. Thank you. Go for yes. it. Okay. Uh, he has a loose relationship with some of the British colonists that are living on the frontier. It's the French and Indian War. They choose to stay neutral. The British colonists are in, are conscripted by the British Army. So because we use big words now, that 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 is better than my plot summary. 
I'm sorry, the people from England. Is that better than British? <laughs> you use conscripted, I believe. Ah, okay. I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure which word tripped you up there. It didn't trip me up, but I think it might trip <laughs> up our listeners. So the colonists are conscripted into the army. And Would you explain what conscripted means for our... The colonists are pressed into service of the army against their will. And they go on the condition that their families be protected. And if the French and Indians actually attack uh, their families, that they're allowed to go and defend them. Meanwhile, as British troops are marching to a fort, uh, they get attacked by the French and Indians. There's a slaughter. Um, Poe and his, and his Mohican family rush in to the defense of the British they actually save the lives of the commanding British officer's two daughters. I said all this, just to be clear. Okay. Except for the conscription part. I believe I said all this. He agrees to escort them back to the fort. He does. He is actually dismissed. He's not thanked. Um, they're very dismissive of him. And as it turns out, um, he witnessed the destruction of one of his good friend's family, his, uh, his friend's family was killed. The whole family farm was burned, and so he tries to get the British colonists to be released. They say no. He's then arrested for treason. French and Indians attack. He's going to be killed in the battle. Cora, the daughter of the um, British general that, that had him locked up, frees him. They do some smooching. And they escape into the night with some of the other uh, British. As the French and Indians are chasing, they split up. He agrees to sort of lead them off the trail and, and she can go to safety. Turns out she's captured. He goes in to get her and uh, battle ensues. Guy falls off a mountain. They do some more smooching. I believe that was a much better synopsis. Clearly, I think, that I was... think so. Yeah, you'd like to think so. <laughs> so we, now, I don't know how you two can recommend this movie. Um, how can you two recommend this movie? How can you not recommend this movie? Okay, it's boring. In there's what way? Lot, there's, there's a lot of walking around. Very little, like... It's a period people, piece. How do you want them to transport themselves from location to location? I don't need to see the walking around. It's like in the 1970s. Whenever there's cars on the screen, I just fast forward through that part because they got to show me how the cars got from one restaurant to another restaurant. I get it. They went from one restaurant to another restaurant. What's that? need to show me the whole watching? car. <laughs> Have you seen any Francis Ford Coppola movies? All of them. Okay. There's a lot of car traveling from one place to another. And then cars park. That's two minutes of the movie that I don't need to see. <laughs> the ones the the the, they're the action scenes I will give you that they are pretty exciting for 1992, but compared to anything that I've seen recently, I wasn't impressed at all. The action set pieces are. Eh. What other colonial America French Indian War movies <laughs> would you compare this to? <laughs> I, I'll tell you, this is no The Patriot. Let's just let's just put it. That what? Way. No. Belt. No, nobody got no. no horses got stabbed with an American flag. I will give you, you that. You don't follow an axe into uh, someone's skull. I mean, none of that stuff happens here. This is far superior to the Patriot. I don't know that it's 
far superior. I believe it I is. Think it, is. <laughs> it is a better movie. I was using a little bit of humor there. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, everybody talks about Daniel Day-Lewis and how great he is. And I, I, I don't know. Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not impressed. I mean, the directing was I don't know, kind of subpar. I didn't think that Daniel Day-Lewis was. How would you have improved this movie? Let's cut to the chase. I don't know. I'd probably cut out. It would probably be an hour long, maybe. It's pretty short. Yeah, it is pretty short. I will give you that. But it, it could, doesn't need to be two hours even. I think it's an hour and 45 or hour and a little under two hours, correct? It, it's it's just under two. two hours. Yeah, just under two hours. Um, <clears throat> I would not have hired Madeline Stowe as the love interest. Not impressed. I mean, I, I'm not impressed with her. I don't believe her as. Uh, I, I didn't get any sort of like real passion for what her, like, I, the conflict that was going on for her. Was I don't know that. I don't know that there was a lot of conflict for her. It was. I. She was terrified for her life for most of the movie. She was. A, she was. A, could have been a little bit more torn for Duncan. Like, the family wanted her to marry Duncan, the British officer. He was kind of a dweeb, though. He was, but that's family obligation, arranged marriage, and he was honorable and upstanding. Except he lied, so he wasn't honorable. Well, until the end. Right, he lied after he didn't get what he wanted, I mean, you know, so... (laughs) That's I'm not okay. Saying, he's not an honorable person, but I mean, as far as she knew up to that point, he was he was an honorable guy. So, and I mean, I just didn't feel like she was very conflicted about. I mean, they try to make like I, I feel that that's that's what builds the tension in the movie. But it's like, oh, I'm gonna just be with this guy, and it wasn't like she really had any sort of conflict about that at all. And yet they were trying to like build this conflict, like. Just go full force then. Like, no, and then I'm just going to go and do whatever I want. I, I think there was a certain aspect that here she was coming from British high society, and she was thrown into this into the new world, uh, and, and she kind of threw herself full force. And here was a guy living on the fringes. He was living on the frontier. He was raised by Native Americans. And so she was swept up in the, in the majesty of, of America. Well, and I didn't understand. Was there, like, more backstory that we missed? Like, was that the whole romance? Like, there there was obviously something more that we missed prior to that point, correct or incorrect? They did some sitting in front of a pond or something and shared their innermost thoughts. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know that I necessarily buy that love story. Like, I kept feeling like, what, did I miss, like, three years? Like, all of a sudden they're just in love? Like, or is this, like, a fairy tale, like kind of romance there was no fairy tale romance when you were a officer in the british army yeah i don't i don't i mean i just don't get it like i don't like all of a sudden they're just they're just making out and then like she's in love with him like they they want to believe that she is gonna throw away her entire life for some guy she just met that in her defense it is daniel day lewis who is it? Who is not great? Oh, I will not have you besmirch his good name. I, I think we should include some screenshots here of Adam and I's 
appreciation of Daniel Day-Lewis's sexiness. I mean, oh, he is a handsome man. The chat room is going wild. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you are vastly outvoted on this one. Daniel Day-Lewis. He's getting lots of plus ones on the uh, Google. Ooh, that's true. Is this a public Google Hangout that other people could be joining, by, right, by the way? You don't see the 15 uh, viewers in the on the side here? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, uh, I've got them hidden right now from you, because otherwise I thought you'd be too nervous about this. So, <coughs> Okay, tell me movies that Daniel Day-Lewis has been, besides There Will Be Blood, which I will give you. My Left Foot. Yeah. Academy Award. Uh, Gangs of New York rescued, rescued that movie from being awful. That's still pretty awful. Um, in, in the, the name, name of the Father. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. I didn't see that one yet, but... That's my favorite. Yeah. He was uh, outstanding, though. Oh, The Crucible. You're, you're the only one that's seen that movie. I haven't seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I remember hearing about it. Oh, and that that Crucible was famous because it was... It was um, the screenplay was written by Arthur Miller. Is that the one with Demi Moore in it, or...? No, oh, that was the Scarlet Letter, written oh, by your friend Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh, there you go. Oh, they're, they're bringing it all back. <laughs> Comes full circle. All back around. What about there? There will be blood. That was amazing. I I will give you there will be blood, but I think if P. Thomas, if P. T. Anderson's directing you, you don't have to be a great actor. You're you're already with the greatest director. I think Daniel Day Lewis is pretty commonly acclaimed as a great actor among actors. Well, who better? I don't know. They just did you watch the Academy Awards? I did. Are you going to go see the artist? No. Okay. Well, there you go. I'll see the artist. What's wrong with uh, going to see the artist? The 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 winners of the Academy Awards are not necessarily what I would consider the best movies of the year. Well, that's true. So. But I still want I still want to see that movie. I mean, I I. Hey, look, all I know is that everybody talks about how great Daniel Day-Lewis is. Most of his movies I haven't seen. I will grant you that. So I, this is one of the reasons that I did want to see this movie, because everybody talks about how great he is. And, oh, my God, he's amazing in Last of the Mohicans. And let's compare this movie to other movies that are like it. Okay? So movies like Braveheart, right? Mm-hmm. Which one's the better movie of those two? I would say Braveheart is a better movie than Last of the Mohicans, but Daniel Day-Lewis was better than Mel Gibson. Oh, I cannot disagree more. I I think I agree. Now, even the romance in Braveheart is the more... Rom- the role in Braveheart is a bigger role and has more depth to it. And the romance in Braveheart was almost non-existent. She, she was killed a quarter of the way into the movie. I, I, yeah, and I still believe that 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 feels like a real romance that they had. Like it feels like there's something there. This movie, I feel like it's you know it's a prince, it's like a fairy tale kind of romance, and so that that doesn't have the teeth. He's risking his he's risking his family's life for a girl that he just met. Well, I don't know. That he's risking his family's life there. Sure he is. He's risking his own life. He he basically says, take me and kill me in exchange for this girl I just met and kissed me. Because he was noble. Maybe that's what you're lacking, is the noble gene. Wow. 
that's a little bit of a stretch there, Ruby Chat. <laughs> I'm willing to go with it. I go to this, there's other fish in the sea kind of thing. So, I mean, it's like, well, I guess we lost that one to the Hurons. I don't really want to die. Apologies, sure. apologies to Emily. I, I'm sure that if we were literature um, teachers, that, that there is a style of romantic uh, novel where that kind of acceptance of love is, is kind of a genre, if you will. The genre that, well, but they don't have to go into depth about why they love each other in every single movie because it doesn't necessarily make it a movie about love. It's that the story is driving it. But this, but the story isn't very good. I mean, there are set pieces that are decent. They're not great. They're decent set pieces. They're decent action pieces that kind of follow this very simple story. Oh, the story is very simple. I mean, it's it's crazy simple. I mean, but and yet the plot summary takes us forever to actually write, to actually say. We have to use the words like conscription in order to get <laughs> done right, Adam. So, if you were a social science teacher, would you show this in your class? If I wanted the kids to fall asleep, yes. No. Yeah, I would. I think the the appeal of the story partially lies in the fact that it is historically based around the context of the French-Indian War. And we can say loosely, loosely based. Loosely based, for sure. And but so, I think that that's part of the story. If you took this the, the, the story out of that context and placed it in, for example, modern society, I don't know whether it would completely hold up. I, I just feel like it wasn't, I mean, it's like, like we just said, it's a very simple story and I don't know that it necessarily plays well. Like you just said, I don't think it necessarily plays well. And I think as a social science teacher, like what parts of this are applicable? I mean, you could show, like I just said, you could shorten this movie quite a bit and you could show about, you could cut this movie up into about 20 minutes and there you go. Look at how awful the, English and the French are using these Native American tribes. I mean, is that what I'm supposed to get out of this movie? I think also the, the relationship between the colonists and the British. Um, then, And I think also a view of what life was like on the, the quote-unquote frontier. I mean, they were out there in the sticks. This was western New York. So I, I think there's a lot of sort of unique views of early American life that we don't see. And that they were not really subject to the British crown. Okay, so all right, let's go back to the movie. Besides um, Daniel Day-Lewis, who gives a stellar performance in this movie? Because I have an idea of who gives a great performance. Magua. Yeah, that's my guy right there. He's, he's the man right there. He's evil. He's He's just a bad dude. And he I don't is bad, really need yes. a lot of I don't need a lot of backstory to know that he just is like a vengeful, awful, just hate in his heart kind of person. Well, and he is a good bad character because you do have some empathy for why he's doing what he's doing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think that, that that is pretty clear. And that's the part where I was like the Madeline Stowe character, as much as I bought him, I didn't buy her at all. 
I was like, and and why does Daniel Day Lewis, like I said, why does he go and save go, save her? I mean, what's the point? Pontang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does she wear a striped skirt and work in the nursery? I, <laughs> I, I think they address that in the movie. They do. They do. Oh, but but I think you're forgetting the most important standout in this movie, and that's Chief Ob- Chief O'Brien himself, Colmini. Yeah, he's never very good in anything, is he? He's never not fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember when they brought him over from Next Generation into Deep Space Nine, and I was like, Worf I could see, but Brian, huh? He was the perfect choice. Yeah. And if, I'm, I'm going to mention a movie, and I'm sure you haven't seen it, and that would be The Commitments. I have seen The Commitments. Okay. He was, he was great in that movie. He was pretty good in that. He's not a very good actor, though. I don't think you're a very good actor. I'm not being paid to act. I'm being paid to be a comedian. I, I, like I said, I, I, just, I read all these reviews, and I, I, you know, after the movie was over, I'm like, I don't get it. I, just, I mean, I read all these reviews, and it's like the user reviews online are like, one of the greatest adventure films ever. Ever. In the last 20 years, there's been... Tons more adventure films that are way better than this. I would argue that the original Tarzan is a better adventure film than this. This isn't an adventure film. This well, is. Let's talk about just the the fight scenes. Did, didn't you think that the the tomahawks and the rifles and the there were some really sort of bloody you know hacking at each other? I thought I thought it was some great action. And maybe if I had seen this movie in 1992, I would think that. But 20 years now have passed, and I've seen way better action set pieces. So what are you going with, like, G.I. Joe? Is that sort of your, your gold standard? <laughs> I, I, I do not consider the CGI action to be real action. Um, no, I'm, I'm talking, like, even, I mean, I think about a movie, again, I'll go back to Braveheart. I need to go back to that well. But that movie came out three years later, and the action pieces in that are amazing. No one's detracting from Braveheart. Braveheart was a great movie. That doesn't <coughs> that, that doesn't mean that you can't also like Last of the Mohicans. I, I think it means that twenty years that a- afterwards, after seeing Braveheart and Gladiator, and I mean, it, tons better action movies. Terminator Two even came out around the same time, and the action set pieces, while different, are way better in that movie than they are in this. Well, the difference is. Daniel Day-Lewis carried this movie with acting skill, and then you had Arnold walking around. Are you kidding me? When the roses drop and the shotgun comes out of that box? (laughs) (laughs) He sold it. He really sold it. He did. Come with me. I just, uh, I I, I don't know what to say. Um, This this movie kind of had it all. It 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 had the action that we've talked about. It had, you know, as cheesy as the romance was, it was there. There was a little something for the ladies. It had this view of colonial America. Um, and it had some very simple, uh, you know, tropes, some, some things that you've seen in movies before with, uh, you know, res- sort of the damsel in distress rescuing her and, and uh, becoming the protector and, and all these sorts of things. But, it was strung together in a very entertaining yarn. 
do you think that you enjoy, like because you enjoy those pieces like as small individual things that that maybe is I just found it to be, there was no real twist to it. There was, I mean, you kind of know what's going to happen as the movie goes on. I mean, it, it's not a big surprise to me that when she turns down the British officer, that he's a scumbag. Like, did we not see that, like, twist coming? Like, all of a sudden, he, he wants to, you know, basically get revenge. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't find there to be anything here. I mean, you, you were, somebody had said that it won for best adapted screenplay. I mean, I would find that hard to believe unless this, unless the original book is just awful. Because there's nothing here, really. There's no meat. There's nothing for me to hang my hat on besides the villain. He's he's amazing. He's great. Yeah, I actually went to go uh, read this book after I saw the movie, and I was warned off of it by a number of people. The uh, the source material it's supposed to be just awful. Yeah, I have no desire to read the book. And I, I will readily admit there's not a lot to the story, but I do think it's an enjoyable movie all the same. All right. Well I know that I know that I thought this would be one that we all that I was like I was ready to go in here and be like, This is the first one that we changed someone's mind and that's my mind and no. <laughs> I didn't change my mind on Daniel Day Lewis because Rubichek told me that uh, I would not think that Liam Neeson is the greatest actor of our generation. And Daniel Day-Lewis is not looking a little better than Liam Neeson right now. Well, now you critique the movie, but you have not critiqued his performance. His performance is solid. What's his performance? Like, I don't even get, like, I thought they were going to play up the fact that he is like a stranger in a strange land kind of thing. The man of two worlds. Right, exactly. So when did he become adopted? What, like, there's this whole backstory that I would like that I think would make a better movie. But Where, that's the flaw of the story, not the flaw of his performance. But his performance is based on the story, correct? Sure. I mean, and so what's his performance? I mean, his performance is not. He to me, he's a dumb guy, and I guess if you're saying that. He does a good job of playing a dumb guy. Okay. I mean, I'll give you that. Not dumb guy. Just he is the – he's a Lancelot. Mm. He is a Lancelot. He is the unflawed, you know, moral character that you hate to love and love to hate. But, I mean, he doesn't – I mean – we don't get into – I feel like there's so much more that could be there. Like there's no – he's such a moral person. It's almost boring. He does all of the right things. He doesn't have to make any tough choices along the way. I mean how hard is it to play that part? All right. So which part of this movie would you change? You said you're not you, – you don't really know who Michael Mann is because you think he's David Mamet. Uh, <laughs> you don't care for Madeline Stowe. By the way, Collateral was a good movie. I'll give, that, I'll give Michael Mann that. So. Wait, of all Michael Mann's movies, you pick Collateral? Collateral's pretty good. And that one had better sound than this movie, let me tell you. Oh, you're not going with Manhunter or Ali? No. Go with Collateral. That's an odd choice. I believe most of our audience would agree with me. 
<laughs> we'll ask Kate and Christy. <laughs> um, so, so what would you change? Oh, I would change the story completely. There are much more intriguing subplots that could be here. I would make, I would make him make some difficult decisions. I would make him choose between, you know, his adopted family and his original family. Where, where is that? Where is con? Where is the conflict in this movie? I don't feel like there's any conflict. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of fighting. Is that what I'm? Again, I don't know what I'm supposed to take away. It, it, am I? What? What is? What's the major conflict in this movie? I don't feel like there is any. Bad guys are bad guys, and good guys are good guys, and good guys do good things, and bad guys do bad things. I mean, I it, think he was willing to sacrifice everything for the woman he loved. Again, it was as Colin said, it was just a very Lancelot story, and the undertone was this. American uh, identity coming to form and that the the colonists were not British and they were forced into this European conflict and the Native Americans were used as his pawns. Um, I, I think I think that's your 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 bigger story is sort of the is sort of the undercurrent. And that's more intriguing, but they don't really play. I don't. I didn't feel like they really played that up all that well until the end. When, I mean, when they're talking about. You know, that Magua's motivation was, I'm going to be like the white man. I want to be the traitors. I want to do this. I like that. But, I mean, we don't we don't get into, like, the colonists who are forced into, you know, basically forced into uh, uh, being in the army. Like, I, I don't know. I don't really get too much from that. And, again, I, it, it just seems very, like there's no... I want to know what's the, what's the conflict. What's the conflict other than that the, the war that's going on? Right. I mean, I feel like good movies have conflict. There's there's somebody has to like decide. Okay, I I got th- there's a hard choice. This almost feels like a video game where you can either play a good guy or you can play a bad guy. And oh, if you make good choices, you're a good guy. And if you make bad choices, you're a bad guy. But there's no like. Whoa! If I do this, then I don't know if I'm a good guy or a bad guy. I, I don't. I don't see any of that in this. It's very, you know, they may as well just be when well, they kind of are. They may as well just be wearing like you know black suits and white suits and oh, okay, so I can, so that you know, I don't know. I just I don't feel like there's anything. That... Yeah, but but I don't think that the French were bad guys. I don't think that the Huron were bad guys other than Magua. But they make bad, they they the the British are bad, the French are bad, the 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 uh, Huron are were led to believe. Bad. I mean, they make bad they make the evil choices along the way, and it's only the Mohicans that make the good choices. And the United States of America, the apple pie. So the Mohicans are the United States of America. No, the colonists. The, the... Gotcha. Yeah, I guess. I don't. I mean, again, I, I, there's no twists. Everything's very straightforward. There's there's no tough choices. There's really nothing to this movie. I didn't I didn't need to see this at all. Except a and, really big rifle. Oh, he does have a big rifle. And I do enjoy seeing people get scalped. I mean, that was kind of fun. Ooh, what about eating the heart? Yeah, that was. I mean, that was that was pretty cool. 
I'm not going to lie. But again, like, you know, lost our what, what, about the fi- what about the final duel on the cliff? Again, the action set pieces are good. If you want to talk about cliff action set pieces, I refer you to Sylvester Stallone's 1997 classic. Don't say cliffhanger. <laughs> Don't say cliffhanger. <laughs> Won't even compare it to Cliffhanger. <laughs> Cliffhanger is pretty good. No, it's not. Nah, it's enjoyable. <laughs> it's more enjoyable than this. The only movie that John Lithgow can be a bad guy in is Buckaroo Banzai. Really? Uh, I feel like he's been a bad guy in almost all of his movies, and he's been pretty good in all of them, too. So, Much better than Daniel Day-Lewis. Could this movie have benefited from, from John-, John Lithgow? If he was the British officer or the French officer. Only if he cross-dressed, like in World According to Garp. Hmm. That, that would be an unusual twist. There's Derek's twist. We've just solved it. I just need, I just need something to happen that's unexpected. Why? Because I'm not enjoying, I'm not enjoying, like I said, the action set pieces 20 years later aren't that exciting. I've seen better. I've seen Lord of the Rings. Since 1992. Yes. But I've, I just saw this movie last year. <laughs> but in context of 1992. If 1992 Derek saw this movie, I would have said, why am I not watching Terminator 2? <laughs> you would have said, if there were a girl with me, she would appreciate the romance of this movie. She would enjoy the romance of Terminator 2 as well. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that all of us have seen that movie. So we can't see any exciting movies. We should get like a like a Kimmy in on this that hasn't seen anything. That is true. <laughs> That'd be too easy, though. <laughs> well, but that would be the, the fun part is someone that hasn't seen any, any of these movies. And we could just mock them. Have you ever seen the movie... E.T. <laughs> I've never seen this movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I'd enjoy movies that have at their hearts, they, they surprise me. They take me out of the ordinary. They have. This is not a surprising movie. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing that's unexpected. And there's, and the, like I said, the action set pieces aren't as exciting. They're not, they're not that exciting. When they're trying to get away, the, the, the pieces that I enjoyed the most was when they were trying to get away from the Huron. That was, that was pretty cool. And, I, I mean, I, I knew somebody was going to die at the end of the movie. I thought it was going to be the brother and the dad. I figured that that was what was going to happen. I didn't think that Daniel Day-Lewis would die. I didn't think the girls, you know, like, I didn't think any of that stuff was going to happen because... And, and it didn't let me down. Like, okay, the brother died. You know, like, it wasn't surprising to me that that happened. And, again, it's a, it's a fairly simple plot. There's nothing, like, he doesn't blame her. We don't see anything else happen. Like, I shouldn't have done this. My brother's gone now. So how do you feel this movie would change if it was made today? Like, for example, I feel like the, tr- the girls... We would have seen a little bit more 
maltreatment of the women. Yeah. Like, we would have seen or intimated a rape. I feel like you are going back to your, uh, what's her name, Uh, girl with the dragon tattoo. Exactly, (laughs) which was beyond what I was ready for. But, But that was the thing. When the Huron captured the girls, I was like, oh, I mean, they would be far more messed up. And there's no way that they wouldn't, that harm wouldn't have come to them. But somehow, no harm come to them. No, no real harm came to them. I thought that the one girl's suicide would have been much more meaningful if that had happened. Yeah. I think there's a lot more, there's a lot more there, you know. Or, and, so, I, mean, I don't want Magua to, to touch me because blah, 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 blah. Right. And is that intimated? I don't even feel like that. It is intimated, absolutely. But I think you also have to consider the source material here, in that, um, you know, Michael Mann has said that he was more remaking the original film than the novel, but still, that film was from the '30s, so he was trying to keep it. This was very much trying to be sort of the classic Hollywood movie. Well. I, again, I don't. I don't even know how this movie made money. I, I just looked up when it came out. It came out in September too, so kind of an odd time for this kind of movie. It doesn't really fit anywhere, I guess. Like it's not. I don't know. To me, it's not Oscar worthy. To me, and it and it's not. It doesn't have enough, you know, blowing stuff up for it to be a summer blockbuster. But somehow they squeezed it in there. So I don't know. Just didn't enjoy it. I thought for sure I would. Maybe our next film should be The Crying Game, then, <laughs> if, if you want a twist. I, I have seen The Crying Game, and I do believe everyone knows the twist at this point that is over the age of 30. So. Has, it, has it been 20 years? I'm not sure. I think that's the rule of thumb. You can spoil <laughs> it after 20 years. Yeah, I feel like it's the exact opposite. I feel like it's when it's 20 years old, hardly anybody knows what the twist is then. So, Derek. What? Yes. Do I even have to ask, are you glad that you've seen Last of the Mohicans? I am glad that I've seen it because now it re-emphasizes to me what I think of Daniel Day-Lewis, which is, eh. I'm, it's not like he's a bad actor. It's just that I don't understand how everybody loves him so much. I feel like I need to make you watch more Daniel Day-Lewis movies. Oh, please don't. After this one, please don't. So the, the year is 2003. Oh, and- 2000- I love 2003. That was a good year. It was a good year. And and Sean Penn was hot commodity. Yeah. Yeah. And Tim Robbins was not. Well, and and Kevin Kevin Bacon. Everybody wanted to see any movie that came out with Kevin Bacon because they could play the game. That is true. Six Degrees was pretty popular. And Sean Penn and Tim Robbins, they shared a movie in 2003, didn't they? With Kevin Bacon. Oh, Mystic River, wasn't it? It was Mystic River. I saw that movie. I loved it. Oh, it's a great movie. Adam, you've seen Mystic River, right? I have not seen Mystic River. What? what? You You haven't seen Mystic, Mystic River? <laughs> Thank you for listening to You Haven't Seen, a production of the Robot Warrior Network 2012. Visit us at youhaven'tseen.robotwarriornetwork.com or email yhs at robotwarriornetwork.com. I can
I'm familiar with editing.